Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. Yahweh, the names of God. Let me teach you. Let me teach you. Uh, Tonight's passage is going to be out of Exodus, I believe Exodus 15, yeah, Exodus 15. Some of you are like, well, Pastor, why would we do a a healing night? What's the deal with, you know, why would you designate a specific night to to preach on healing, miracles, and supernatural things? And, you know, sometimes that scares people. You know, we, we live in a day where sometimes it's really hard to have faith to believe that those things still happen. But you know, the, the, the name on our sign says something about what we believe. And you know, we're not chasing miracles. I, I want you to know that. We, we don't chase the supernatural. We chase Jesus. And I believe the supernatural comes from him. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we read these episodes in the Old Testament and New Testament and the exploits of Jesus. He has not changed. Now, is this a different day? You better believe it's different. But do we serve the same God? Yes, we do. And he's not lost his power. God's not rationing out miracles because they're in short supply. He's not saying, well, I gave them all out in the Old Testament. And Jesus, well, he took whatever was left. No, he is here. He is with us. He is among us. And we believe in the power of God to heal people. Healing Place Church. Guess what? We have to believe that. If we don't believe that, we need to change the name of the church. Can I have a good amen? Why do we, why do, we do nights like tonight? Because it's our mission. The truth is we live in a broken world. And let me say this. There, there's equal ground here. There is the common denominator that unites all of us. Every single one of us is broken. We're broken in some way, shape, or form. We live in a broken world that, that, that's filled with broken bodies. There are broken relationships. Uh, there, there are broken dreams. Some, some of you have emotions that are just broken and in pieces. You know, brokenness looks a hundred different ways, but the source of healing is the same. And so what I wanted to do was take the first part of tonight and just worship, because you know what worship does? Worship prepares your heart. Worship, it, it, it draws our attention to who he is. Worship allows us to take our eyes off of ourselves, off of our pain, off of our problems, and set them on Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. So we started with praise because praise prepares our hearts. But I want to teach you for 20 minutes, and I want to give you the word, because it's the word that builds our faith. If worship prepares our heart, the word builds our faith. And so as I teach tonight, I just want to invite you to lean in and just get in agreement with God. Sometimes is the word, you know, as somebody's teaching and preaching, and I do this too sometimes. I, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, but well, what about this? And you know, and you kind of spar with who, whoever's speaking. I want to invite you just to put the gloves down and embrace, you know, Lord, I'm leaning in with faith. And as the word goes forth, your faith will be built. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we're going we're gonna to lean into the word and let God build our faith. Amen. Amen. 
Look at Exodus chapter 15. Exodus 15, Yahweh Rapha, the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. Exodus 15 verse 22. Then Moses led Israel on from the Red Sea, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They journeyed for three days. Somebody say three days. They journeyed for three days in the wilderness without finding water. Verse 23, they came to Marah, but they couldn't drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. Somebody say bitter. Bitter. It was bitter. That's why it was named Marah. The word Marah means bitter. They went to drink water, but they couldn't because it was bitter. So the people grumbled to Moses, what are we going to drink? Now, I want to start, I want to give you just two simple thoughts. First of all, I want to talk about what's bitter. Okay, let's, let's talk about the bitterness. Moses had led the people out of, out of Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. So many signs and wonders and miracles had happened. And in just three days' time, they find themselves in the wilderness without any water. And it's amazing to me how on the heels of great victories, sometimes come our greatest tests. Are you, can I have an amen? When you have mountaintop moments, beware of the let up or the let down or that, that aftermath. Sometimes your greatest test will follow your greatest victories. God had accomplished a significant victory for Moses and the Israelites. And they weren't three days into their newfound freedom where they begin to be tested. The scripture says that they were without water. Well, technically they they had water, but they couldn't drink it. You know, they're on the right path, but they run into some difficult circumstances. You know, you can be on the, the right path and still encounter the wrong things. Sickness and and disease, pain and difficulty. I don't want you to see this as judgment from God. You you could be doing the, the right things and the wrong things are happening in your life. You know, in Jesus' day, if they saw somebody that was sick, they would say, hey, well, Lord, who sinned? Was it him or was it his parents? They automatically attributed every pain and every sickness to something that was wrong. Uh, Maybe some of you are experiencing some battles in, in your physical body. And I know sometimes it can cause you to question, well, am I doing the right thing? You know, is this God's judgment on my life? Uh, let's be careful not to attach our pain to some choices that we've made that are maybe be blamed for things that we haven't really done. You know, they're, they're doing the right things. They're on the right path. They just were delivered from, from slavery, and Moses was leading them in the right direction. But the Bible says that three days into this journey, they're thirsty, and they come into this, this spring, and they go to drink, but it's bitter, and they can't even drink it. You know, statistically, they say that, that a person can survive three days without water. Statistically, how many of you have heard that? Th- three days. You know, can you imagine day one, you're thirsty, and you don't find anything to drink? Ah, it's a tough day, but you know what? We're going to make it, bless God. Day two rolls around, and then it's like, whew, I don't know if I'm going to make it. It's getting kind of hard. By day three, you're like, we all going to die. <laughs> and it's easy to fall into a dark place mentally and emotionally. Three days, the Bible says, they're into their journey, and they, they haven't had any water. 
Let me tell you this. God knows your limits. Three days is all you can go without drinking water. God knows your limits. Some of you feel like I have reached my limit. Let me tell you, God is gracious. He loves you, and he knows your limits. He knows your threshold. I think this is important. Can you imagine being in a desert near death, and then you find water, but it's undrinkable? You know, you're, you're, you're desperate. You're thirsty, and, and you're, you're beginning to question, you know, man, am I going to make it? There's a lot of desperation when you're thirsty. And then you see water, and then hope arises. But then you go to drink that water, and it's bitter. You know, Proverbs reminds us that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And, and some of you have battled and wrestled some things, brokenness, pain. You know, you've sought the help of God, and maybe you've experienced moments of hope. You, you take one step forward, but then you fall three or four steps back. You know, there's an emotional side to that. When I was reading this again today, I thought, you know, chronic pain, it's not just physical. And, and, and some of you have carried sickness in your body for a long time. It's not just physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It can be even spiritual. When your physical body hurts, then your emotions and your thoughts can go in a dark place. Are you catching this? There's the ups and downs of physical pain. You know, their thirst. This is a great picture of the human soul. All of us are thirsty for something. We're thirsty. Maybe you're here tonight and physically, you're fine. You don't need physical healing, but you long for purpose. You long for meaning. The Bible says that they go to this spring to drink but the waters are bitter. Verse 25, look at what it says. So Moses cried out to the Lord. I think this is good. Now notice what the people did. The people complained, but Moses cried out. You know, there's a difference between complaining and crying out. When you complain, you elevate your circumstances above God's power. But when you cry out, you elevate his power above your circumstances. I think we're gathered here tonight. We're not gathered to complain, but we're gathered here to cry out to God. Uh, Lord, you got to help me. How many of you are in a situation right now that if God doesn't help you, you can't fix it? Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place. What do we do when, when we're in over our heads? I mean, we cry out to God. Cry, pouring your heart out to the Lord is recognizing, God, this thing is bigger than me, but it's not bigger than you. Amen. Complaining, when you complain, it's like you, you elevate your situation bigger than, than God's power. You're, you're putting your focus on the wrong things. That's why I wanted to start out tonight by worshiping the Lord. It gives us an opportunity to just put our stuff to the side and focus on who he is. You know, when you worship God, you magnify him. You know what the word magnify means? It means to make bigger. It means to enlarge. When you magnify the Lord, Psalm 95, the Bible says, come magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. What are we doing in moments like this? We're making God bigger. You say, wait, Mike, God actually grows? No, God is infinitely big, but your perspective of him enlarges. 
When you and I worship God, we bring our sickness, our challenge, our problems down to size because we are seeing God for who he is. Crying out to God, it elevates him above our circumstances. The Bible says, so Moses cried out to the Lord. Now, it's important to notice this. God was not abandoning the children of Israel. He wasn't. Look at all he had done to deliver them from Pharaoh. So many miracles, so many supernatural things. God did everything, even supplied their need on the way out. As they're leaving Egypt, the Egyptians are giving them gold and silver and clothing. and I mean, they routed the Egyptians and took all their wealth. God says, look, I'm going to provide for you in this journey. God was not abandoning them. He was testing them. Hear this with your spirit tonight. God has not abandoned you. It may be a test. Three days into it, God knew that your threshold is three days. Three days into it, they're wondering, what are we going to do? Do you know when you're being tested, the teacher is silent when you take the test? Mm -mm. Come on, come on. Are you in me? Remember that? Remember taking tests back in school? Remember those pop quizzes? Take out a sheet of paper. Number it from one to ten. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, I didn't do the reading last night. How many of you are thankful for open book tests? You see, the good news is when when you're tested, God says, open the book. It's an open book test. Some of you are going through a test right now and you struggle to hear the, the voice of God. Listen, if you're being tested over something, a good teacher will only test you over what they have already taught you. You've already been taught it. You are prepared. A test simply reveals what's already in you. Oh, come on. Are you catching this? If you're being tested right now, and listen, God does not cause sickness, but God may allow sickness. You see the difference? You know, God may allow us to walk through hardship and difficulty, and it's not to break us, but it's to build us. The test is to reveal what you already know. It's in you. In fact, how are you going to be promoted? How do you go from the fifth grade to the sixth grade? How do you go from the 11th grade to the 12th grade? You've prayed for promotion. Some of you have said, God bless me, advance me, accelerate me. I pray the favor of God will enlarge my territory. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Come on, anybody pray that Jabez prayer? Oh, you know you have. Okay, well, you want to be promoted. Testing is God's way of promoting you. You can't get from the 11th grade to the 12th grade until you pass a test. Bible says this. Look at what it says. Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. Somebody say the tree. Mm -mm -mm. There was a tree in the Old Testament. There's a tree in the New Testament. You'll see this come together. The Lord showed him a tree. God, give us revelation of the cross. Lord, give us revelation of the cross. Everything that you need, physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, you will find in the sacrifice of Jesus on a tree. The Lord showed him a tree, and when he threw it into the water, the water became drinkable. God made a statute. 
an ordinance for them at Marah, and he tested them there. He said, if you'll carefully obey the Lord your God, do what is right in his eyes. Pay attention to his commands. Keep all of his statutes. I will not inflict any illness on you that I did on the Egyptians, for I am Yahweh Rapha. I am the God who heals you. You see, the water was bitter. Somebody say, the bitter? Bitter. Save the branch. You see, the solution to the bitterness in that water was a branch. It's amazing how Moses had to, to cut that branch off, and he had to break it away and cast it into something that was bitter. This is a beautiful picture of Christ himself. How God, he, he broke off a piece of himself. Here comes Jesus, and he throws Jesus into the bitterness of our world. Man, our world is broken. We, we said it at the beginning. Each one of us are broken in some capacity. Either you have been or you are right now. But healing comes when the branch is thrown into our bitterness. I, I love this. Jesus said these words on the cross, but he's actually quoting Psalm 22. It's a messianic psalm when he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus was literally cut off. This branch was broken off, and it was thrown into bitter water. Now, what's interesting is in Scripture, you'll see this a lot in the Old Testament and even sometimes in the New, that water was a symbol of death. Remember the great flood of Noah when God sent water to flood the earth, and everything died. Okay? Water's a picture of death. When they parted the Red Sea, Moses extended that, 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 that rod, that branch, and the waters parted, and they walked on dry ground. But then they looked over their shoulder, and the sea swallowed up Pharaoh and all the Egyptian army. Death swallowed them up. Water's a picture of death. In the New Testament, water baptism, when you're baptized, you literally go under the water. Why is that? It's a picture of dying to your old life. I mean, I'm dead to the things of my past, and when you come up out of the water, it says resurrection, new life. Remember when, when, when Jesus walked on the water as the disciples were in the boat? Him walking on top of water was his way of telling the disciples, I have conquered death. If water is a picture of death, Jesus walks on that stuff. He's conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus drank a bitter cup so that you and I could drink from the cup of salvation. There's the exchange here. The greatest healing is not necessarily physical healing, but it's spiritual healing. And I believe God wants to heal us physically, but physical healing is temporary. You know what? Lazarus was dead, and Jesus called Lazarus forth. Jesus raised him from the dead. He had the power to raise him in that moment. But guess what? Lazarus got sick and died of something else. Lazarus still isn't living today. You know, so, so and I'm thankful, you know, for resurrection power here on earth. But where I'm banking on it happening is in eternity. Because I know that one day they're going to put my body in the ground. All right? And when they do my funeral, I want y'all to come. All right? I want to pack this place out. Rachel, I want you to cry a bunch of tears. 
A lot of tears, crocodile tears. David, you got to preach the house down. All day, David Ray. Sid, you better sing something, man. You better sing something powerful. I may just get up out of that, that coffin, man, if you do. But when I tell this world goodbye, I'm trusting that what Jesus did on the cross was for my eternal salvation. This world is not my home. It's not your home. The branch, the branch holds the key to everything. The branch can make bitter waters sweet. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You see, that branch was broken off from heaven and dipped here in this earth so the bitter waters could become sweet again. The Bible says, listen to this last verse. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms, and they camped right there by the waters. You see, at first, what was repulsive and bitter, when the branch entered, it totally turned it around, and they said, you know what? We're going to camp right here. 12 springs, 70 palms. This has become an oasis in the deserts. The very place they thought they were going to die, now it's like, hey, let's just hang out here. Now, you know what's fascinating? 12 springs, 70 palm trees. Any significance between 12 and 70? 12. How many sons did Jacob have? How many tribes of Israel did they create? 12. 12, 12 tribes. When Jacob left Egypt to come down, when, when he left uh, Canaan to come down to Egypt, Remember when Joseph was serving as, as the prime minister of Egypt and God had put so much favor on him. There was a famine in the land. When jo Jacob brought all of his belongings and his family down to Egypt, the Bible tells us there were 70, 70 Canaan, the, the, the Israelites, the sum total of, of the Israelites at that time was 70 people, 12 tribes. That represents the sum total of Israel, 12 and 70. You know what that tells me? Complete, complete wholeness and completeness. God will take care of his people completely. When, when God does something, he never does it halfway. He just doesn't. When he saves, he saves you completely. When he heals, he heals you completely. When he delivers, he doesn't deliver halfway. He delivers completely. The tree that was broken brought him to paradise. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.